Praise God. Uh, we are going to talk today about rest. Based on the passage in Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. And we will include 29 and 30. Hallelujah. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Now rest. Just think about this for a moment. Rest comes with an assurance of well-being in any area of your life. Just if you want to just think about the idea of rest. Rest comes when you are an assurance of well-being. In any area of your life. So in that area you, will, you, you have rest. Because you are assured. You are sure. You are, you are settled. You know it is well. You know it's okay. You know there is no more problem there. So when you have an assurance of well-being in any of your area of your life. Then in that area you have rest. And this assurance. As building from what we said on Sunday. Can only come as you can imagine. Can only truly come through the Messiah. You know, can only come through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. I use the word Messiah just to, again, stimulate your thinking. A Messiah is a Savior, somebody who has been sent to deliver you from all your troubles, all your afflictions, all your pains, take away all your sorrows, take away all your tears, wipe away all tears, solve all your problems. Messiah, the all-sufficient Christ. So, this assurance can only come through the word of God that God has sent to save us and deliver us from all our destructions. Praise the Lord. So, rest basically comes when you have an assurance of well-being in any area of your life. This assurance truly, in the truest sense, can only come through the Messiah. And so, entrusting the Messiah, entrusting the Lord Jesus Christ, which your well-being in any area is the key. Is, is that simple enough? So, entrusting Jesus, again, think about it in this way. It's about responsibility. If I think about my own family and think of my kids and think of, let's take school fees. My children, are, they do, they're, not, they're not worried. You know, they, they have rest. In fact, they don't even think about it. This is how the kingdom of God is. Because daddy will provide the school fees. That's, that's, that's for him to do. So they don't think about it. That's not, my children don't stay awake at night. Wondering, hey, oh, if only. I, we need to uh, make some uh, more efforts. Are we sure that? It, it, the thought doesn't arise because daddy, in whom they are confident, not necessarily daddy, daddy or mommy or fam, you know what I mean, will pay school fees, take care of school fees, and things like that. So if you think of God in that way, you think of Jesus Christ, the Savior, as the one who is responsible for you in the utmost, complete, uttermost sense, then, then, like a child, if you receive Jesus as your Savior, as your Messiah, in every area of your life, Instantly, you will enter into rest. So I said it right at the very beginning. And, and I said this in Sunday that the key, the key of the kingdom in that sense, one of, if, you, if you try and summarize, receive Christ's finished work. Because actually, Jesus has done something and said so and declared it in his word about every area of our lives. And that's what the, what the word does. So by searching the scriptures, Bible says we, through the 
the, the patience, the faith, the patience and comfort of the scriptures might be able to persevere, endure, do well, prevail, overcome, and every other good thing that is required of every righteous man. So, through that word, that God has, you see, the Bible says, we have received, not the Spirit, and that's what the Holy Spirit is doing, and thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're doing that here. We have received, not the Spirit that is of the world, but the, the Spirit that is of God, that we might know the things the Father has freely given to us. Because, as we said on Sunday, you know, it says, who has called us and has given us grace in Christ Jesus and saved us before the world began. But Jesus Christ has now made life and immortality to come to light through the gospel. So, the gospel in need is all the power of God. But that power comes active. Becomes, you know, because somebody talked earlier on today about the resurrection power that's in every one of us. What, what makes it? It says, he that works Miracles among you, does it do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So, as you hear the good news and as you keep hearing about Jesus and you, keep hearing, and you begin to see God as He really is, God loves you. And that's what I want to sort of talk a little bit about today. And you begin to see God as He really is and your heart is persuaded. Bam! You lay hold on Him. Bam! Just like that woman, you know. If I can just touch Him. Bam! And that releases His power because that power is here. God is here. Jesus said, Holy Ghost is here. That's more than enough power. I mean, I feel so much joy, peace, comfort in the midst of storms in my own life. But that's because I'm confident in the Lord. I see Him. And I see he, he, he's, he's too much. <laughs> he's too much for me. And He's too much for all of us. Praise the Lord. So, I'll read that passage, but we'll see, we'll see what, how the Holy Ghost takes this. He says, Come unto me, which we've just described. That's what that woman did. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest in your, unto your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, when I was meditating upon this passage, there were so many wonderful things. I, I, I sort of was meditating and sharing with my wife and told, just communing with the Lord. And one of the questions I had in my mind was, okay, I, I, a lot of things that were fitting with, you know, basically you have to trust me. But why is he saying I'm meek and lowly in spirit? What does that have to do with, what does that have to do with rest? You know, it seems like there was something going on there. And by the time I cross-referenced a number of scriptures, and you should always cross-reference it became much, much more clear why Jesus was actually making that point. Now, I want us to just look at a few scriptures and then um, see if that doesn't make this all clearer. Can somebody please open um, James chapter 3, verse 17? Another person can open First John 4, verse 17. And actually, someone can open Galatians 5, 6. I've already started referring to these verses, but I want you to see for yourself. And maybe another person will also find Hebrews 4, verse 3. And in that context, we will be able to examine Matthew eleven twenty-eight. So, do we have Galatians 5, 6? For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor all circumcision 
the faith which worketh by law. Hallelujah. For in Christ Jesus, circumcision doesn't avail anything. But on circumcision, that doesn't avail. So, we're talking about actually, because in this, we want to, if you haven't experienced, you're going to experience and receive for yourself the rest God has for you. God wants you to experience that rest. He says, come unto me and I will give you rest. It's his will for you to have rest. And what uh, we've already said talking about this, but just see for a second. In Christ Jesus, circumcision does not avail anything. Uncircumcision does not avail anything. But faith. Hallelujah. We've been talking about faith, talked about faith on Sunday. This is entrusting your well-being in that area to Christ. But notice what it says there. Faith walks by love. So if you say a car walks by petrol, well, you need petrol now. That's what fires the engine. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Faith works by love. Ah, what does that mean? Well, again, that, that, that next scripture, put it together. So somebody read First John 4 verse 17. So again, comparing scripture with scripture. And thinking about what the Lord is saying to you. First John 4 17. And as we live with Christ... Our love grows more perfect and complete, so we will not be ashamed and embarrassed at the day of judgment, but can face him with confidence and joy, because he loves us and we love him too. Okay. Does somebody have the another translation? Praise God, thank you. King James. Yes, please Herein read. Is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as it is, so are we in this world. Okay. Read the next verse. 18. Yes. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hateth torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Okay. So, again, so much to say. But look at it there very simply. Perfect love Casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, that we might serve him without fear all the days of our lives. That's what was said about Jesus when he was born. Because God's will is for you to live without fear. Fear had torment. And fear, you know, this whole package of anxiety, worry, everything. But God says something. He says, casting all your care on him, for he cared for you. This is the, 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 the basis on which you can put your trust in him. So, perfect love. This is really talking about us. You say, if you read in the, in the present, you say, we know and believe the love God has for us. If you rewind two verses. We know and believe the love God the Father has for us. When you know and believe the love God has for you, when you believe in his perfect love, it will cast out. And there's a force there. This is revelation. You need to know God. You need to see God for who He really is. And that's what the Holy Spirit is, 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 is doing in our lives. He's giving us that, you know, even if it's progressive, that growing realization, that light of the kind of person. And this is the key, the key message I really want to, and I believe God wants me to emphasize it. The kind of person God is. We have to really see what God intention is. His will, his person, his desire. So, 
Perfect love casts out all fear. Faith works by love. Perfect love casts out all fear. A revelation, a faith in the love God has for us. And we love him because he first loved us. God shows his love to us. God commends his love to us. We meditate upon it. The word reveals his love to us. And that love produces in us a confidence in God. Now, all of us already have a revelation of God. That's why you're born again. It's not, it's not true here. You already know in your heart the kind of person God is. But what happens is there's a lot of other data that comes and tries to cloud it up. Hallelujah. Alright, so... Um, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You have to see the person you're coming to, and it's him you're coming to. Again, we're not coming to men, we're not coming to religion, we're not coming to doctrine, we're coming to a person. We say that the word of God is a person, even though it's revealed through the things we read and meditate upon. The Holy Ghost gives us an insight into it, and we begin to perceive more and more the Savior. And it is that seeing Him, you know, as you see Him, that brings that faith, that transformation in you, or even unconsciously. And that's what it, it, we read about on, on Sunday, Second Corinthians. He say, as we behold it in the mirror, we're changed from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. But I'm saying that this is the kind of person we are. Somebody who says, he says, behold, he comes on a donkey, humble. Behold, he says, oh, even though he was God, he humbled himself. This is somebody who, if you look, and again, turn with me to James 3, verse 17. James 3, 17. Hallelujah. First, pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Okay. So, the Bible says in... Um, Proverbs 3.25, and I'll tell you what it says. It says, be not afraid of sudden fear. Uh, uh, sudden fear. Be, I have walked many years with the Lord. And I can tell you that the devil's... I used to always <laughs> tell me what I said. The devil's shock troops is fear. The devil wants to frighten you. This is why God said, you know, he sent Jesus... The Bible says that Jesus Christ came and took, he, he, by the grace of God, he, he basically drank the cup of death for us that he might destroy the power of, the, of Satan, who, through the fear of death, had the whole human race in bondage all their life long. Hebrews. Through the fear. So, again, I say, whereby the day spring from my heart, we tell us, etc., that we might serve him without fear all the days of our life. Fear of what? The captive exile has net that he might be loosed every day and he fears continually because of the fury of the oppressor. And God then says, but, but, but where's the fury of the oppressor? I am God. Why are you afraid? He said, you're afraid because your bread will fail. The Gentiles run to and fro. Hey, hey, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we eat? But he says, no, 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 no. You're heavenly father. They to take a look. Spirals. He, that fear, you know, the fear of death, if I summarize it. So, whether it is fear of failing exam, whether it's fear that you won't have money to pay school fees, whether it's fear that you won't get a job, whether it's fear that your healing will not manifest, whether it's fear that your prayer won't be answered, whatever it is, you cannot call it all the fear of death. 
Hallelujah. Perfect love casts out fear. My children are not afraid. At least in those things. Because they are confident. They don't need to earn it. They are my children. They are my sons or daughters. Their relationship with me is not one that is based on merit. Hallelujah. It's one that they see that they have a settled place with me. They have assurance. So when you have assurance, as I said at the beginning, if you have assurance, assurance of your well-being in any area, in that area you have rest. And the key, the key to that assurance is faith in Jesus. When someone else takes responsibility for you in that area, it's really that simple. So, the wisdom that is from above, why are, we, why are we looking at that scripture? James 3.17. I want you to understand the kind of person you are dealing with. Because he said, I'm meek and lowly in spirit. That's really why we're making all this little point. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in spirit. This is, this is our main passage. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in spirit. What kind of person... Are you learning from? What kind of spirit are you learning from? Who are you listening to? God has already said, be not afraid of sudden fear. Because they will say, So consider this. That it says the wisdom that is from above. It has already finished describing the, the wisdom that is carnal. You can read it. But it says the wisdom that is from above. And that is the wisdom you need in life. That is the wisdom that comes through the Holy Spirit. As you meditate upon the word of God. It's first of all pure. God is never going to say anything that leads you down a path to sin or nonsense. Okay? But it's peaceable. Look at the character. It's peaceable. And it's really important because if, if wisdom comes to you that does not have this or come with this spirit, you have an anointing in you. You can test the spirits. You can discern. And say, mm, hold it. I'm not, no, I'm not convinced. Ah, jump. If you are really the son of God, jump off and prove that you are the son of God. Otherwise, you don't have faith. Uh, he says he will give his angels charge over you. There is a spirit that Jesus is... Pre- why would Jesus... Of all the many things he could say, why does he say, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for, I'm, for I am meek and lowly in spirit. So, the reason that's from above is sort of a pure, peaceable, gentle, gentle, Easy to be entreated. This is somebody you can talk to. This is somebody you can reason with. This is not going to jump on your head because you made a mistake. Jesus is not like that. Why? Otherwise, all his, none of his disciples would have walked him. And God is not like that because Jesus is the exact image of the Father. You can talk to him even if you don't understand. You're making mistakes. Even, sure. even if you don't have faith, as I said on Sunday, entrusting your well-being to him even goes to where you don't feel you don't have faith. That's right. Actually, the true nature of faith is that it is not of yourself. It is of God. Faith is a gift and Jesus is the author of faith. Any faith you have that he didn't give you, you don't have faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word. And the word is a a spirit. It's a person. It's a life-giving spirit. And this faith we're talking about that brings you into rest. Huh? Of course, he's still the one that does it. So it's God who's at work in you both to will and to do. So that you walk out in partnership with the Holy Spirit, the salvation that has already been given you complete and total from the beginning. But from the beginning, and that's what I have in my own experience, 
you can have peace. You can have rest. You haven't seen the thing manifest, but you're at peace. Why am I at peace? Because I'm confident in the Lord. I don't need to know the type of trouble that's waiting for me tomorrow. It makes no difference. And if it comes, I'll look it in the eye and I still won't be afraid. Why? Am I strong in myself? Do I have something, I'm, some hidden, you know? I don't have any hidden thing. There's no other resource. The only resource I have is the Lord. Hallelujah. And he's more than enough. God sent him because he's more than enough. Christ the power of God. Christ the wisdom of God. And I'm saying this by the Spirit of God because Jesus chose to emphasize it. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Now, he's not saying you should learn from the greatest preacher in the world. No such thing. He's not saying you should learn even from... I mean, don't misunderstand God. God, God will teach you through people as well. But actually, the key person you are listening to and the person who your focus is on and you must test what anybody tells you is the Lord himself. Because he says you have an anointing which you have received from him, from the Holy Spirit. And that anointing remains in you and that anointing teaches you of all things. And it's truth and it's no lie. And even as it has taught to you, that's how you ought to abide and walk in him. There is an anointing in every one of his dear and first John. So many, so many scriptures. So consider this, that he has given you that anointing because he expects you to test and listen and hear from him because you actually do hear him. Forget your head for a moment. In your spirit, you do hear him. And you do follow him. And you do follow him. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I have to say that he said it. So consider that the wisdom that is from above is first of all pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of good fruits, full of mercy, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Understand this then. That if a, if a wisdom is coming to you that is not having this quality, you can say, hang on. No, 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 no. This is not from God. Because if it's not pure, if it's not, if it's not peaceable, you know what peaceable means? Why does somebody say peaceable person? It's not somebody who's looking to quarrel with you. It's not like who's going to fight with you. And secondly, it's not like, I, I suppose this is what some churches do. They paint God as this kind of, he carries a big hammer. Ah! If you move one step. <laughs> it's not true. And they paint it so that they can then create some intermediary between you and God, apart from Christ. Christ is also painted in that light. Yes, the two of them are so tough, but you need this person to kind of talk to them softly. And then, you know, I'm not, I'm not mentioning any church, but you know. All these are lies. The Jesus you see in the Bible, that's the real Jesus. Okay? And if you see Jesus, I know he took whip one time and whipped people. But actually, Jesus is a very... You know, if you look in Corinthians, <laughs> seven passages, he says, I, Paul, entreat you by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. Hello? By the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Meekness and gentleness does not mean the person is not strong. It's a character of the Spirit of God. It's the nature of God. I am the Lord, when he chose to reveal himself, I am the Lord, the Lord God. Merciful and gracious. That's the very first thing he said about it. That's what the father said in the Old Testament when he was revealing himself to Moses. Merciful and gracious. So he has Jesus in meek and lowly. It means he's very approachable. He's not some person high up there. People always think, hey, God is so holy. Hey, Christ is so up there. Hey, nobody can even approach him. Just shake and tremble. It's a lie. And of course, all this, a lot has to do with the righteousness, the concept of righteousness, which I don't have time to talk about it, but it's not true. By that offering, Jesus has torn the veil, opened it all up. We can come with boldness 
being put by faith from an evil conscience of sins, we're supposed to come with boldness into the holiest of all. And look God in the eye, because we're not righteous. And we'll never be righteous by our own works or deeds or anything we have done. Even if we do what He wants us to do, that doesn't make us righteous. Hallelujah! What we have is His righteousness. It's like putting on His robes. The only thing we ever will have is His righteousness. Hallelujah! That means as long as you have entrusted your well-being to Jesus, you are as righteous as Jesus and as God. Hallelujah! Let it all sink in. So you, you can walk into the person who we are describing. The reason that's from above James 3 is, is pure, peaceable, gentle. Is because he says you have to learn of him. And he tells you. So take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly in spirit. Hallelujah. And he says it there. He says, And you shall find rest unto your souls. Okay? For my yoke is easy. And again, I don't have time, but the word easy is just for me. It's a radical word. Easy. <laughs> Did you know that, you know, being yoked to Jesus is easy? Okay, there's effort that comes by the work God is doing you. It's God who is working. So as God works in you, you do those things effortlessly. Even though somebody sees you can see you're making an effort. But it's effortless. Because it is God who is producing, not the flesh. But the flesh is burdensome. In fact, when you talk about heavy laden, which Jesus was talking about, he reminded me of the place where he was talking about. He says, "Ye laid men with heavy burdens that you people won't even use one finger." Yeah, a lot of it has to do with religion. You won't use one finger to touch it, and he started illustrating. But they are super holy, super righteous. All the things God didn't actually say, because when they came to Jesus, if you remember, they said, "Ah, uh-uh. Jesus said, you people are following me because you've seen bread.'" You've seen bread. I said, ah. Uh, they, because they crossed, Jesus had crossed the Sea of Tiberias. He was on the other side. They couldn't find him. They put in a lot of effort. And they found the ships. And they crossed to the other side. And he said, ah, you're following me because you've seen bread. But I'm telling you, don't be laboring for this bread. Labor for this one that is never going to uh, end. Okay. They said, okay, tell us now. Since you are so holy. Uh, what, what kind of? You know, how, how can we do the, the holy work of God? How can we do the works of God? Jesus said, this is the work of God. It's, so he's not giving you ten steps. He's giving you one step. That you believe on him whom he has sent. It is Christ who will carry you, perfect you, alter your fate, finish it, make you holy, transform you, and take you to glory. Hallelujah. Jesus is everything, A to Z, Alpha and Omega, Lord, Savior. And that's why he said, take my yoke upon you. You know, say, look, I'm not following any other person. I'm just, Lord, I, I, I'm yoking myself with you. So, come on to me. It's an open invitation. There's no discrimination because we all need Jesus. The whole world needs him. And there's not one man that can by strength prevail. Come on to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Whoever put those burdens on you, fine. Reject their lordship. You are going to accept a new lord. But if you haven't, you can accept the real lord. And I'm telling you, it's easy. he says my yoke is easy. So any day you are walking anything that's not easy, you can go back and discuss with him. Because something is not right. And my burden is light. I didn't say it. It sounds radical because you are used probably, some of you may be used to 
Something that's not easy. He put in a lot of, well, carnal effort, really. Forgive me. But the Holy Spirit, as He quickens you, as He energizes you, huh? Even if he's fasting for a hundred days and I haven't fasted for a hundred days. Whatever it is, there is grace. His grace. His grace. Not what you merit. His grace is sufficient for you. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3 says, For we which we have believed do enter into rest, as he has said, as I have sworn in my wrath. Thank you. If they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So, we who have believed do enter into rest. Can you see there? It's, it's, it's crystal clear how to enter into the rest. And it says, he, he that believes has ceased. There are a number of things there. You can read chapter 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. We who have believed do enter into rest. But he who has believed has ceased from his own works. Remember where we started. He has ceased from his own works. Read verse 10. Uh, let me read it. It says, For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. He didn't say has ceased from works, but has ceased from his own works. Hallelujah. Has ceased from his own works. You will never, you will never enter into his rest until you cease from your, his, your own works. We're about to pray. You will never enter into his rest until you cease from your own works. It doesn't mean you will cease from works. But you have to cease from your own works. Leaning on your own works is a product of unbelief. And this is what leads to a heavy laden life and a lack of rest in your soul. But as we have said, rest comes with that assurance of well-being. And you can't have it if you yourself are not saving yourself. Someone has to be saving you. Otherwise, you can't have rest either. So if you can't save yourself, and God has told you not that you can't and you shouldn't save yourself in any area, God has offered you the Lord. And he has made an offer to you. An invitation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And you shall find rest unto your souls. I'm meek and lowly in spirit. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's light. Casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. Let's pray. And trusting the Messiah walks by love. Perfect love casts out all fear. God has been speaking to you before today. It's not just here tonight. And revealing himself to you as the one who will take care of things for you. Who will undertake for you. Who will carry your load. Who will meet you at whatever point of need. If you need somebody to explain it to you, the Holy Spirit will. You have to trust him at some point. You have to cross the line. You have to trust him with that thing that has stopped you from having rest. The rest you know he wants for you. It's his will for you. You have to let Jesus take it now. You have to give it to him now. You have to hand it over to him now. Just pray, just pray. If you are not, if you, if you are, if you are, if you have not yet received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, this is also your chance to pray. So we, we, there are two, two or three sets of prayers happening now. So if you are not born again, I want you to just pray along with me. 
Just say, Heavenly Father, I have been laboring and been heavy laden with sin, with guilt, with doubt, and with other problems. But I bring them all to your feet. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the answer to my prayer. And I receive you. I turn away from my own life. I take your yoke upon me. And I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. And I thank you for taking care of me from now on and forever. In Jesus' precious name. And if you are born again, this is also your chance to not be burdened anymore. Don't live in fear. God didn't give you the spirit of fear. It's not from God. Reject it. Be not afraid of sudden fear. Be not afraid of a wisdom that comes with fear and bullying. And anything but meekness, gentleness, lowliness, purity, and the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Stop following another master. Just speak to the Lord now. Say, Jesus, thank you that you are my personal Lord and Savior. I give you all my burdens, even my lack of understanding. I give it to you. Everything I give to you. Take, Lord, and relieve me of all burdens. I will follow you. I accept your yoke. I accept your easy yoke and your light burden. And thank you for saving me. Just begin to praise the Lord. And thank Him for saving you. Thank Him for taking care of you. And thank you that you, having believed, do anything to rest. In Jesus' precious name.